Unexpected outcomes. We've all experienced those. Whether it's positive or negative, happy or unhappy, unexpected outcomes are a regular part of our life. Sometimes we're totally surprised. There's the story of the man who turned his boat over in a bay in Louisiana. He was able to swim, but he feared alligators. As he approached the bank, he saw a man standing on the shore and he shouted, Are there gators in these waters? The answer came back very reassuringly, No, there haven't been any gators in here in years. Then the man asked, How did you get rid of them? The man on the shore replied, We didn't do nothing. The sharks got them. Now, when we're pleasantly surprised, we call it serendipity or good luck or good fortune. We even sometimes take credit for it, giving ourselves a pat on the back as though we had really planned it all that way. Like when a new recipe turns out better than we expected, or even when we experience a small bonanza in the stock market. When a surprise is unpleasant, when things don't go as planned, we call it just plain bad luck or misfortune. But it's really the wise person who uses this as an occasion to reevaluate and to make their own actions more compatible and to try to learn. But one thing is for sure all of us can continue to expect the unexpected. Recently, scientists at the University of Pennsylvania have discovered that the human brain sensitivity to the unexpected outcomes plays a fundamental role in our ability to learn new behaviors, the ability to adapt. Scientists have discovered that this is present at the cellular level. It is part of the chemistry of our brains that neuroscientists have uncovered. They have, in fact, determined that an unexpected good outcome, good fortune, or good luck is remembered less well than we, when we have a bad outcome. Bad outcomes tend to stay with us, and that is how we learn. Our Gospel reading today is a continuation of a series of parables that Matthew records that Jesus has made for us in the 13th chapter. Now these are difficult parables. Most deal with agriculture and household scenes and the cultural context of ancient Israel would demand, for this is what the people understood. Now Jesus explained the parables that we heard the last two weeks, but we're left completely almost by ourselves to interpret the five stories that Matthew relates to us today. Remarkably, most of these deal with the unexpected, outcomes that the Jewish listeners of the time would not have understood. Who would expect that such a tiny seed as a mustard seed would produce such a large shrub? How could something so lowly and so small be a symbol of the kingdom of God? In the times of Jesus, yeast was a symbol of corruption and putrefaction. In the parable of the yeast, 
The original language says that the woman hid the yeast in the flour. The yeast was really a rotting piece of bread. She hid it in a large amount of flour able to feed a hundred people. But the result was that the entire batch uh, was rendered leavened. How could such a good outcome be produced from something so foul, something so repulsive? How could the kingdom of God take hold in such an unexpected way? When Jesus told the parable of the treasure and the parable of the pearl, none of the people could grasp and his disciples could not then believe the price that Jesus would have to pay to bring the kingdom of God to all of us how he was to pay that price upon the cross. And yet, looking back from our time, we know that that was the point of these parables. In the parable of the net of the fish, they were surprised, as we sometimes are, that the point is not that God will condemn the evil of the world, but that Jesus is assuring them and us that the righteousness of God will be accomplished in the end. And in our time, we continue to experience the unexpected in the kingdom of God. We see this when we offer a helping hand to others, and when others offer a helping hand to us. Likewise, we see this in the many ministries of our church, and the unexpected outcomes they have on those who receive and on those who serve. God unexpectedly gives us the kingdom when He answers our prayers. Not always in the ways that we want or in the ways that we expect, but in the way that fits His purpose and His kingdom. Still, we are surprised that we, like the listeners and the disciples who heard Jesus in His own voice so long ago in ancient Israel, do not fully understand the ways of God. We experience the kingdom of God when we receive Jesus here at this altar rail. We come expecting to receive, but the experience is sometimes unexpectedly transformational. Yet we know that God is present with us in this place, in the worship and the fellowship here in this congregation. And God teaches us about the kingdom in unexpected ways, by unexpected outcomes. And surely during this period of interim ministry, that process will continue. Jesus describes our task perfectly at the end of the Gospel reading today. The treasure of the kingdom of God is old, but it is always new. We may be surprised by the cost of the kingdom, the sacrifices that we are called upon to make, but it is always worth it, for the good news of Jesus is always priceless. The Apostle Paul offers us his wonderful words of assurance about all things in this beautiful language of the reading today from his epistle to the Romans. Paul writes, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So it is with us today. Thanks be to God. Amen.